Coffee, Cows, and Crops is produced by the Peace Country Beef and Forage Association and hosted by Extension Coordinator Johanna Murray. On this podcast, we discuss management practices and research results with scientists, ranchers, researchers, and farmers. We strive to share innovative information and farming practices supported by sound science and practical wisdom. So grab a cup of coffee and let's get learning. Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Coffee, Cows, and Crops. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Andrea Brocklebank, uh, Executive Director of the Beef Cattle Research Council. And we're going to talk about how the BCRC works and some of the projects that they're working on. But before we get into all the fun stuff, Andrea, would you like to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about how you got started with the BCRC? Sure. So, hi, everyone. My name is Andrea Brocklebank. Um, I'm from West High River, so southwest of Calgary, um, where my family had a mixed grain and uh, livestock operation, cattle operation. Um, and actually, now we reside there. I've got uh, my two kids and myself and my husband who do that, as well as our, our full-time off-farm job. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely part of the industry and love what I do. Um, prior to my time with the Beef Cattle Research Council, I... Uh, I got a degree in agriculture economics and uh, and then uh, worked in the banking and feedlot sector for a bit and then started with CCA, the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, about 17 years ago. I actually started on the CANFAC side um, and worked with the Beef Cow Research Council part-time because it was pretty small at that point in time. Um, and BCRC slowly started to grow. We were able to leverage industry and government funding and grow awareness of the research and importance of it. Um, so ultimately that grew our portfolio to the point where um, it became my full-time job and uh, really has been a passion since, really focusing on leveraging that industry investment and, and working with government partnerships to benefit the industry and producers overall. So to get us started, uh, what's the Beef Cattle Research Council and, and what do you do specifically? Yeah. <laughs> So the Beef Cattle Research Council um, is basically producer-led, uh, led by a group of producers from across the country that are passionate, innovative producers, and we're funded by the Canadian Beef Cattle Checkoff to fund research and extension of priority to the industry. Um, so each province who contributes checkoff to research um, has members that, that sit on the council. And really, we are, are focused on being relevant to producers. So our research programs try to address industry priorities um, and also make sure that we cover different regions across Canada, noting the different variances in operations and practices across Canada. So really, we try to make sure that the research we fund is appropriate to the context. Um, so animal health, a lot of what we do there is more national in scope. Um, whereas forage-related research, we really need to look at the regional applicability and make sure that we're focusing on what's relevant to that area or growing region and what practices also work. Um, likewise, with our extension programming, we spend a lot of time making sure that we work in the areas that producers are looking for information, but also working with producers to look at how they access information to make sure that they get what they need. Um, how we do our jobs, um, you know, the council ultimately makes all the funding decisions and program decisions we do. We have an amazing and talented staff team on the technical and extension side who, who make the wheels on the bus turn around and go around. 
Um, but at the end of the day, we also spend a lot of time engaging stakeholders, so veterinarians, nutritionists, other stakeholders that are part of our industry, and other producers as we develop five-year plans, because um, research takes a long time. And then also as we revisit those each year and develop our annual funding strategies. And that's particularly relevant in a year like last year where we saw drought um, really make us pivot in terms of what we were doing on the extension side to make sure that we were providing producers with information that was timely and, and supportive as they were looking to pivot their own operations. Um, science is highly technical and so in terms of how we do it uh, we work with a, a science advisory panel and we also do all of our projects are independently peer-reviewed just to make sure that science piece is relevant but then we also work with our staff and and the producer directors to make sure that it addresses industry priorities so we kind of have that two-level process where we make sure the science is accurate, but then the producers really come in on the council to make sure that it addresses industry priorities that they're hearing from the various provincial stakeholders. Awesome. So uh, we'll go back a little bit because you you mentioned right off the bat that you're you're funded by the beef checkoff. Um, so that's one of the ways that you accomplish all of the work that you do. So can you you talk a little bit more about what exactly the checkoff is and and how those funds are used? Yeah. So the national beef checkoff, um, there's two checkoffs in Canada. There's the national, the Canadian beef cattle checkoff, and then the provincial checkoff. And I always find it important to differentiate those two because I, even when I've chatted with my parents in the past, they didn't totally understand the difference. Um, the national checkoff is non-refundable, whereas in certain cases, in certain provinces, the provincial checkoff is refundable. Um, and so the provincial checkoff is really focused on policy and provincial-based activities, whether it's marketing and research, whereas the national checkoff can only be um, invested in research, marketing, and public trust type activities. Um, and so it's administered by the Canadian Beef Cattle Checkoff Agency. And each province then um, determines how much they want to allocate to BCRC and uh, Canada Beef, which is our marketing partner, um, and public and stakeholder engagement, which is really focused on public trust communications. And so we receive those funds um, from the checkoff agency annually. We're, we're given kind of a budget and we have to present a plan to them. Um, and then we also, of course, report to the provinces who are putting those allocations in. And so our job is to take that money, um, which is producer funding, and make sure that we invest it wisely in terms of research extension and the other activities we do. And so a lot of focus there is, is taking that money and, and leveraging it with government programs and other investments to, to make sure it goes as far as we can. So you've, you've covered this a little bit, but like as a national sort of non-government organization, the BCRC is in quite a unique position where your mandate is to serve cattle producers across the, the entire country. <laughs> so you, you've talked a bit about your council and, and that sort of stuff. So what are kind of the steps that you, you take to ensure that the research at the BCRC is relevant to, to producers across Canada? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is every five years we develop a strategy which really takes a look at what are the greatest priorities we need to address um, and how do we, you know, and how do we accomplish those? Because it's fine to say animal health, but what particularly in animal health will result in the greatest gains for our industry? And sometimes it's a lot of our research is productivity focused, but there's also 
areas like animal welfare, where we know that we have to have science to inform policy and public trust discussions as well to to sustain our industry and maintain what we're doing. And, and so we take a look every five years at what we're doing and and really engage those external stakeholders, other producers, um, other funding agencies, and, and make sure that we do that. Um, this last period of time, we also developed um, the, the national strategy, which was basically all of the national organizations coming together and saying, you know, what do we need to accomplish in the next 10 years? And making sure that we were aligned, whether it be marketing policy or research. And so we developed 10-year goals, um, which are really focused on, you know, setting a ambitious goals uh, in terms of environment, economic sustainability, uh, and other key areas. And, you know, we do want to keep in mind that producer bottom line is key. So when we set our 10-year goals, um, we, we, we definitely are focused on that, but we also need to align with government goals to some extent to make sure that we can access government funding. And so some of it's often about how we position things for producers, which is focused on productivity, but if we can make gains in productivity, that ultimately benefits, you know, aligns with the government goals that they have. Um, so as we develop our, our 10 year goals, that then allowed us to really define from there what our 10 year or our five year, sorry, strategy would be in terms of the research investments we'd make. And that's where, as I previously mentioned, we then, you know, go for annual calls for proposals for research. Uh, and we have quite a technical review process, as well as obviously that producer review process to make sure what we're investing in is applicable to them. And it's not a easy balance I, I would say we we're constantly uh, navigating that balance just because I mean obviously Western Canada has the majority of the beef production but our Eastern Canadian partners are really important too and so we have to always make sure that we're looking at those different regions and what's required in terms of that so that's where I think the producer perspective is really important in terms of making sure that we have that national representation on the, the board to, to really help us define that national strategy. And I'm constantly amazed at how excited the producers are when they learn what's different in different provinces and what's important to them. And I think it just, it really is, is overall um, beneficial to our industry to bring all those different perspectives together as well. Absolutely. So, to expand on this this national beef strategy, can you tell me a bit more about about these ten year your goals and uh, and that sort of stuff, like how how that shapes what you do? So, as I mentioned, the industry developed these ten year goals, and and obviously, um, you know, some of them have a fairly aggressive environmental lens. So, one of the big ones was um, put forward was a 33% reduction in greenhouse gases. Um, and then also uh, really focused on increasing our carbon sequestration opportunities, which obviously forage and grasslands play a huge role in that and maintaining our existing grasslands as well. Um, and so that's an example of an area where those environmental goals were really important, but we knew that a lot of the gains to be made are rel related to productivity. Um, and related to kind of advancements in current technology. And, you know, some of that is just getting products approved, like new feed additives, those types of things that might benefit the environment. But some of it is really on the research and extension side. And I say both because there's 
you know, we know there's opportunities to improve up productivity that's really focused on getting producers to adopt um, recommended best practices, things like uh, looking at opportunities for improving existing forage stands through sod seeding, those types of things. So, and then there's new technologies that we need to encourage to, to move forward, like those feed additives and other areas. So I think the big focus for us is really looking at those 10-year goals and we also have goals around food waste and animal health and welfare and economic sustainability and really figuring out where BCRC can make the greatest gains um, in achieving those. And a lot of that comes down to measurement at the end of the day and looking at how we improve things like feed efficiency and reproductive efficiency, making sure that more calves are weaned at the end of the day is one of the key things we know. Um, and so we are really focused on kind of a two-tiered strategy where we focus on the research, but then also the extension in terms of those adoptions, best practices. And that's a worry where we've invested a lot of effort in the last um, 10 years, knowing that we can't have extension specialists in every province like it previously was. But there's a putting a lot of information out there for existing extension specialists to use, but also information as producers are accessing things like podcasts or um, videos or webinars. Um, we've seen really strong uptake of producers to, to do that. And I think, you know, we see a lot of opportunity in terms of achieving those 10-year goals just by getting producers to kind of continue to advance and, and be innovative on their own farms. For sure. So speaking of extension, we'll, we'll switch topics a little bit. So the BCRC has quite a expansive website with like lots of tools and webinars and videos and all that sort of stuff. Because I know when I'm when I'm looking for calculators or information on the Canadian cattle industry, I always check the BCRC, <laughs> one of the first places I look. So where does that information for the those resources come from? Everywhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> Our, our budget really started small and isn't actually huge even now on extension. Like I said, we can't have specialists out in every province. Um, and so we beg, borrow and steal, honestly. Um, so, and, and I mean, more directly, we work a lot with researchers um, to encourage them to provide information and researchers are quite happy to do so, especially if we help them do it. Um, it makes it easier on them because they're really focused on the research side. We've got a researcher mentorship program because we recognize a lot of the researchers coming into our industry now, they don't have the same ag background that previously researchers did. They might even not be from Canada. They have amazing technical skills and they want to work within our industry, but we need to connect them with producers and make them feel, you know, that it's easier to, to, um, engage with our production system. So we've got a mentorship program that that links up new researchers with producer-based mentors. And we've seen a lot of success with that. And those people kind of hit the ground running um, and, and usually are, are kind of continue to work with us um, on a very cooperative basis. But we also work pretty closely with other industry stakeholders, our vets, nutritionists, um, ex existing extension specialists. A lot of extension specialists now don't have a lot of time to develop resources, um, but they can be strong distributors. Our forage associations are fantastic at this. Um, and so we've really figured out, you know, 
I, I wouldn't say, well, our niche is, is helping to make sure we have those resources that then can be used when engaging with producers. And we've kind of continued to build that. We saw with the vets that vets actually are one of the primary groups that producers reach out to when they have questions, even if it's not related to animal health. Um, and vets are just extraordinarily busy people and overworked. And so what we've done is, is really work directly with them to build their awareness of what we have and how we can position it. But likewise, we recognized in Eastern Canada, you know, we need to, to focus specifically on developing resources that were relevant to those production systems. So we kind of keep adjusting as we go. And a lot of it's just based on demand and need. So if um, somebody comes forward and says, you know, we really like to see something on that, usually we're pretty keen on building a partnership. Um, and you know, one of the, our big things is, is we like to keep all the information central, central at beefresearch.ca. But you'll see on our website, a lot of those tools and things have been developed in partnership with other groups. And we're just trying to make sure that they're profiled and get garnering, you know, as much um, activity or following as possible. So some of how we do that is through the Canadian Beef Tech Transfer Network, um, where it's, you know, we have an ongoing kind of dialogue with extension groups and forage associations and other researchers and other partners in terms of what we're doing, but also where they see need. And I think that that's been really important to just kind of do it. And obviously the, the primary target is producers. And so that's also the, the primary thing we draw from too is, is we love producer feedback. Um, and we also love to hear, you know, areas that they want to see more activity or more knowledge. And, and you know, the website is an amazing, the website and our blog are amazing because even that we could get a lot of analytics as to where people are looking and what they're looking for and what they're reading and what they're not reading. And I think that's helped us really understand and social media is the same. I mean, there's obviously, you can see those, those articles that garner the greatest activity and discussion is usually where you'll see us head down the road to build more materials. But we do try to make sure, I, I would just put the proviso, we always try to make sure, obviously, that we have the most accurate science and, and technical knowledge available. Because I think that's really one of the things we do is we, we pride ourselves on quality and, and also making sure that, you know, we're not um, putting things, harebrained ideas out to producers that ultimately could cost them at the end of the day, too. Yeah, that makes sense. With all of that, um being said what's your favorite resource on the bcrc site i'm biased i have too many um <laughs> you know and i put my producer hat on in this case um even in terms of our own operation but um i really have appreciated the webinars and one of the things we've done with our webinars is we structured them such that there's a usually a scientific expert a researcher a vet a nutritionist but then there's also a producer perspective. And what's really interesting about that approach, and we've done that with some of our blogs as well, is people listen to scientists and experts, but then they want to hear from producers as to how it worked on their farm. And that's where all the questions are directed. So I've really appreciated and, and we've continued to build that out, knowing that producers want to network with other producers and, and understand how it works on the ground. Um, we've recently launched a, a CAF 911 series, which is just fantastic in the sense that it's very short videos, like three minutes or less in terms of best practices for different aspects of calving, uh, colostrum supplementation, tubing, those types of things. And I think they're just really great resources, even for people like myself who, 
you know, haven't necessarily, um, we just came back to the farm and so haven't been as actively involved in the past um, and, you know, want to have confidence in what we're doing. So I think those things, and I'm an economist by trade, so I won't lie, I really get excited about the calculators and decision-making tools. Um, we were actually looking at investing in a new water well and one of the tools is specifically on, you know, does this investment make sense in terms of the payout, in terms of drilling a new water well? And those types of things are really important because I think producers just think, oh, that's a big cost. But when you can see it laid out that this would, pay, based on your herd size and what you need, it would be paid off over, say, four years or eight years. It helps producers make those decisions. And I think that's one of the things we've recognized is you can put sound science in front of producers and they'll accept it. But in terms of making them actually look at whether they're going to adopt it within their operation, you need to have that economic piece. So that's a really roundabout way of saying that I think I like all of them, but um, if my bias does show up, I think the calculators would be my favorite. Yeah, that's fair. I do, I do love a good spreadsheet. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, are there any current projects or initiatives or, or uh, opportunities for producers to give feedback or anything like that that you'd like to talk about? Oh, I mean, we, we always have, like right now, I think we have about 90 research projects underway. Um, we're always releasing extension materials. Um, I mentioned the CAF 911 series. Um, we have things going out through the Cattlemen's Magazine and we try to work with a lot of the provincial magazines. You know, I think on those ones, I would just encourage um, producers to follow our, our blog and there's also the monthly newsletter. Um, just because, I mean, for two reasons. One is I know everybody's email inboxes are full, but um, you can scroll on by if that article's not interesting to you, but it, it first of all allows you to see what your investment's doing in terms of checkoff because you are, producers are making those investments. But I think second of all, um, there's likely some that come up that are probably pretty interesting for each producer. So, you know, in terms of those things, that's also where we we always welcome feedback. If producers have feedback, we really look forward to it. In terms of some of the bigger picture stuff, what we're working on right now, um, we uh, we one of our significant funding programs is the AgriScience Cluster Program. Um, there's I think 19 or 20 science clusters under the current uh, Canadian Agriculture Policy Framework, and the Science Cluster is a 21 million dollar partnership where we invest 7 million and Ag Canada invests 14 million in funding across five years and. It really allows us to fund a portfolio of research across several areas. And, and a lot of research funding is only three years in length um, through government. So this is kind of nice because it actually allows us to do some meaningful work. And we try to cover a bunch of different areas including a lot of forage breeding and grazing type management stuff, which actually is, is hard to get easily funded um, across provinces in certain areas animal health, um, some of the public trust type work that's being focused on. And so we actually are, um, that uh, the egg policy framework will come up for renewal uh, April 1st, 2023. And so we're actually currently building the next science cluster proposal, which is a really big deal for us. It's a highly competitive process um, in terms of funding. 
And it takes about a year to build these programs um, in terms of making sure you have the right research, that it's all peer reviewed, that it meets the government's requirements as well as industry requirements, which is a pretty big deal for us. Um, and so that's probably the biggest thing we're working on right now is just getting that package together. And um, it starts with usually, I think, you know, between 80 to 90, 80 to 100, I guess, letters of intent that we review of research ideas and then we drill down to full proposals and then we get to the point where we're actually um, putting that package together for presentation to ICAD. So we're hoping to have that done um, this summer in terms of then being able to present it to Ag Canada and then of course go through the contracting stage. But we kind of um, view that as kind of one of our core programs for the research funding side because it's such a great um, way to leverage that producer funding. So, you know, for every $1 we invest, we kind of, uh, get $3 I can of money. Um, it's a bit different ratio now, but, and then from there, we go and work with the provincial government funding programs and other uh, federal funding programs to kind of further leverage those funds. And that's what's kind of exciting for me is, you know, when a producer invests a dollar, um, we usually try to make sure that that goes a long way. And one of the things we've seen with governments, um, especially in the last kind of five to 10 years, is if industry's not investing in certain areas of research, um, government won't invest. They kind of view it as, well, that's not a priority for industry, so we don't need to maintain researchers in that area. We don't need to maintain facilities in that area, and we don't need to fund research programs. And what we found is, is, you know, our investment might be small relative to some of their investments, especially when you count what they're providing to universities and, and egg handle research stations. But if we're funding those programs, they keep them alive. And that's pretty important for the long term of our industry, especially as we kind of look forward. And, you know, it, it became really relevant to me when we saw the drought situation because some um, you don't start researching, you know, uh, feed strategies and feed management strategies when the drought occurs. You need to have that research in hand, and and probably it was done well before. And and you know, I think that's one thing that we recognize with research is we need to be very proactive in terms of how we invest. So we're pretty excited about that planning process, and then always we um, we're always trying to release the the new research that we're funding. So instead of focusing maybe on kind of individual projects, I just encourage people to, to sign up for the blog and, and follow what we're doing. And if you have questions or, or want feedback, we're, we're always welcome to it. Awesome. All right. And with all of that being said, uh, where can we find the blog and the website <laughs> and uh, all of that sort of stuff? Yeah, so if you go to beefresearch.ca, it's as simple as that. I think there's a massive sign-up link right on the front page, and you can sign up to, to get the news. Um, likewise, you know, when you see your provincial magazines and um, the Canadian Cattlemen magazine we work with, you know, we are, are more than happy to generate material and have it distributed through whatever mechanisms are feasible. Um, as a not-for-profit, our goal isn't to, you know, charge for those things. It's actually to make sure it gets to as broad of group as possible. So we encourage any um, publications, if they want to pick up our materials and, and share them, they can. We just always ask that BCRC be acknowledged because I think it's really important for producers to understand where their checkoff is going. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, definitely, if you go to our website, beefresearch.ca, you can sign up there and... and um, you'll be able to see everything we do on a regular basis. Right on. 
is there anything else you'd like to to mention before we, we wrap up here? No, I just really appreciate this opportunity. Um, it's It's been a lot harder with COVID to reach out to producers and do those regional meetings and all of that. So we're happy to, to share our information this way. Peace Country Beef and Forage Association is a research and extension group based out of Fairview, Alberta. Our mission is to help producers thrive in an agricultural system that is profitable, regenerative, and attractive to future generations. To learn more about what we do and see the results of our research trials or our archive of newsletters and fact sheets, check out our website at peacecountrybeef.ca. Want to get in touch? Have a burning question or a topic suggestion? Send us a message on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Thanks for listening. Thank you.